You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Oh, thank you so much. They even set up my illustration with the tent and everything, so uh, I almost fell off the stage. That was not the Holy Ghost, by the way. Just, I didn't have a catcher, so it was not the Holy Ghost. Ah, Jeff Moore, it's good to see you, man. Rhythm Church, love that guy. Okay, so uh, we're in this uh, app called Natural Supernatural. My wife, where, where's Wendy at? Wendy, can you send this? My wife, she's going to be speaking at main session tomorrow. Come on. So I'm excited for it. We're so honored to be uh, part of the ARC. And let me just give a shout out to the ARC. Um, our, our lives have been more enriched and our relationships have grown stronger since we've become, become part of the ARC. If you're looking for a tribe to run with, quit looking, jump on in. And we'd love for you to be a part of what's happened here. Build relationships with people. We're a diverse tribe, which is great. And uh, that's what I like about it. And... Um, and you're going to find really a lot of what you're looking for within the Ark tribe. You don't have to leave what you're a part of to become a Ark. Yeah. So if you're a part of the Assemblies of God or Foursquare, whatever, you don't have to leave that, right? You can be a part of, of, of Ark and still be a part of what you're a part of. And so I want to encourage you with that because I know some of you, uh, they, they told me like over 500 people are brand new at this, at this conference. That's a lot of people. Which means a lot of people are, are just kind of checking out the waters and seeing how it is. And, um, and so, you know, you're going to find, I, I just believe this, that you're going to supernaturally, uh, when you come into our, God's going to supernaturally give you relationships that you've been longing for. Okay. And, and you, that could happen in your life here at ARC. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Uh, what time are we supposed to end? So I just know, so, so I can stay on track. Where's my, what time? Okay, two thirty. Fantastic. So I have my my clock here, and we'll be uh, we'll be part. Uh, we'll make sure we hit this uh, mark on time. Uh, naturally supernatural. Let me just dive right into it. And maybe my wife, if we can get into the chair, I love Wendy. Maybe at the end to come and join me. And so uh, in just a moment, um, we can get a chair for her. Maybe at the end. Uh, but. Uh, let me just tell you my journey, if I could do that, and, and I'll, I'll get into the scriptures in just a moment. Um, my background is, is probably the, the antithesis. It, it's not what you would think. Most people, if you've been maybe familiar with my ministry, especially when I travel, um, people would think, oh, man, you know, uh, you know Benny Perez, you know, he's, he's, that, he's that supernatural guy. But my background is the exact opposite. So let me tell you my, my, my journey and set the context of everything. I'm the first Christian in my family. I got saved when I was a third grader. Okay, so my parents got divorced when I was six, got remarried when I was eight. My, my mom uh, and dad wanted to put me in a, a private school. Back then, the Catholic Church didn't allow kids from divorced families to go in to a Catholic school, okay? So, um, so my parents said, okay, forget that. And they found a Baptist uh, a church that had a school, Montebello First Baptist in Montebello, California. Uh, they enrolled me there, not knowing that they have Bible classes, and I was part of it. And uh, and I remember one day, uh, my third grade teacher, who had a, I just had a, a crush on, Mrs. Wolven, never forget her name. 
Where is she today? I don't know. And, uh, and so I remember what she said. Is that if anybody wants to know more about Jesus, stay, stay in class when, when recess hits. And I was praying, Lord, let nobody else stay in this class. Just, I just want just her attention, just me and her. And uh, she, she uh, told me about Jesus. She led me to Jesus. When I was in third grade. And uh, I don't know if she knows that I'm a pastor today. I don't even know where she's at today. But I think when she gets to heaven, she's going to have a great reward, right? Because she took the time for a little guy, okay, in third grade. I helped lead my mom to Christ. Uh, she came to Christ in fifth grade. My dad came to Christ in sixth grade. My brother got saved. My three sisters got saved. My aunts and uncles got saved. My cousins got saved. And so my background is I started my ministry when I was a third grader. Praise the Lord. Because I had a crush on my teacher. And, uh, and so uh, this was a Baptist, Baptist ch- church. And um, so we ended, we ended up going to that Baptist church and learned the Bible and learned to love scripture. And then my parents got invited to a Latin Pentecostal church. There's a difference between a Pentecostal church and a Latin Pentecostal church. Can I hear an amen somebody? And, and some of you white people, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Just to set just, just set it clear. I'm not racist. My wife is white. Look at her. She's nightlight white, like bright white. Where's Wendy? Come on, Wendy, wave at me. Okay, so we always joke around. Wendy, cover yourself because we need to go to sleep because it's so bright at night. She says that about herself, so we're good. She's going to have the mic for a lot longer than me tomorrow to everybody, so she'll get back at me at that. But seriously, uh, I, I, I was shocked. I mean, I mean, you know, it's like we worshiped for an hour, and I thought my last church we were over in an hour, you know, just like... And then I thought, okay, and then the pastor would get up and preach for an hour. Come on, help me now. And then they get back into worship and people would be praying for people. And that's another hour. And you start a church at nine. So it's lunchtime. Let's have lunch together for three or four hours. Hey, we're here. Let's have church tonight. I mean, that's the way it was. Come on, wait at me if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So so I remember seeing things and experiencing things that, that I had no context for. But I definitely knew that God was in the place. And so, uh, you know, through a series of events, um, we ended up uh, going to a uh, Assembly of God church right here in Whittier, California. But something happened to me when I was in uh, eighth grade, at the end of my eighth grade year, I got, I got tremendously sick. I, get hit, I got hit with hyperthyroidism, Graves' disease, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and I was supposed to be in a wheelchair by the age of 25. I was suffering tremendously during my high school years. And my mom was dragging me to all kinds of specialists, literally all over Southern California, Children's Hospital, everywhere. And um, got misdiagnosed, put me on a treatment that's illegal today. Uh, Just crazy stuff. And so my mom, my dad particularly, obviously they were believers at that time and still are. And so they just wanted, wanted me to be healed. And so they started taking me to healing evangelists and healing meetings and and I'm going to be very transparent and honest with you, okay? And some of, those, some of those well-meaning men and women, and I say that because I have a little bit of context now, but at that time when you're an eighth grader, ninth grader, and you're suffering, and uh, you get manipulated, you get pushed to the ground, slapped on the head, and then when you didn't get healed, it was my lack of faith. So, so I get the critic, okay? Can I just, uh, I get the critic, 
I get a generation that looks at all that stuff and says, ah, it's fake, it's phony, it's weird, until they hear my story. Because people thought I was charismatic since I was born. But I experienced spiritual pain and trauma. Sometimes I think you could experience more trauma in church than outside of the church. And I just think there's a lot of people out there that they're, let's just call it like this, a lot of people, they're, they're not unchurched, they're de-churched. Because I talk to people all the time when I'm on planes, like what Chris was talking about today. And, I, and when I'm talking about pastor, I mean, the stories that I hear. And then they say, what type of church do you have? And I, and I should I go there, God? And so many people start telling me their story. I remember there, I won't use names, and my mom brought me up to the altar. And I remember this. And so... So they, they, line, they line us up, and the guy's like very heavy-handed, and you know, he's like, just like, just, just like. And, uh, and they put his hand on me, and he was pushing me down, and by this time, I was like, nah, bro, I'm gonna push back. <laughs> and he was pushing me, he says, don't resist. I said, don't push. <laughs> and then when he, I got him mad, and he, and he literally, I'm on the ground looking up, and he starts saying, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. And, and I opened my eyes and I wasn't. And I'm like, mm, that's it. I'm checking out. So from ninth grade to 12th grade, I checked out. I, had, I didn't have a choice to go to church. I had to go to church. Okay. And then when I turned 18, I further checked out from 18 to 21. I was going to Cal State Fullerton right down the street from here. I started going to places and spaces that I should have never been in. Started experiencing things I shouldn't have experienced. And people would outwardly look and say, man, he's a rebel. Man, what's he doing? But they'd understand I was trying to medicate my pain. That took place in church. Okay, it's my story. So I remember by the age of 21, I was just kind of like, gosh, I don't. I was even questioning God. I was questioning all kinds of stuff. And, and I stopped coming to church. And then my dad said to me very simply, he says, uh, I just want you to go to church at least uh, on Sunday morning, just one service on Sunday morning. I said, what's the alternative? Well, you got to pay rent. I said, I go to church. <laughs> I was an accounting major. Come on. I, I decided to So I did the math. Okay, yeah. Okay, mama cooks really good. Okay, laundry. This is great. Yeah, I'll stay here. I'll go to church. But I was the guy who was sitting in the back. And I was just, I was just bad. I was, shoes. I was bad. I was, I just sit there and I just shake my head and I just, I would say even things underneath my breath because I just saw so much manipulation in church. And then they had a, a college and career retreat. That's what they called the young adults before they called it young adults. And um, I said, I'm going to go to that because there were some cute girls in the college and career group. And it was like, bathing suits, come on beach. Hey, this is, there may be a God in heaven. And then they had, they had this stupid rule that they had to wear T-shirts and cover themselves. I'm like, you just ruin everything in church, don't you? It's a true story. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. And uh, we'd, have, we'd have little devotionals during the morning time and we'd play at the beach all day. And then at night, we'd get around the campfire and start singing, Kumbaya, Lord. Remember that song? And God never showed up because he don't even know what kumbaya is. I don't even know what that is. That's a joke. Sorry. And this is what happened to me, and this is my story. I'm bitter, backslidden, 
couldn't stand the supernatural, manipulated, contrived. My exposure from well-meaning people, I believe, I don't think they were trying to do it on purpose, but I was jaded. And then in 1986, in the month of July, at San Onofre State Beach, not too far from here, I'm walking along the beach, two o'clock in the afternoon, with my friend named Paul. I don't want to say his last name because you can find anybody on Facebook. And I'm, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm not looking for God, but God was looking for me. And I remember walking. I'm the crybaby in my family. Wendy's not, so she can come and tell a story. And also, I can't explain it to you. I know it may sound strange to the Western mindset, which is sitting here today. I know it doesn't fit in the paradigm. I know it's something that can't be empirical, felt, touched. I can't put it on a screen. I can't show you steps. I can't do any of that. I can just tell you my story. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus shows up on the beach. I felt this tangible, real presence. I'm walking, and I start to cry. And I start to feel like this presence. My friends walk with me and goes, bro, what's up with you? What's wrong with you? I go, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what you're crying for. You should be crying. I don't know, you know. And, 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 and he says, what's wrong? I said, I, said, I, I feel God. And, I, and then God speaks to me. Almost an audible voice. He says, it's time to come home. That's it. It's time to come home. And then at that moment... This overwhelming sense of Jesus comes all over me. Okay, there's no LED screen. There's no preacher. Hey, let's get the mood music going. I'm not against all that. But when God really shows up, he doesn't need an additive to who he is. And I'm not against music. I prayed that God's going to do a few things before this app is done. And I'm going to keep hold to my time. I had this encounter with Jesus so strong that I fall on my knees on a beach at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Next thing I know, my friend that's next to me, the power of God starts to touch him. We, start to be, we both start trembling under the power of God. Understand my context. <laughs> that's my context. This is outside of, like God is going outside of a box. He's messing my world up. And I also, and I just, I look up towards heaven, don't know why I said, I said, God, I don't know why you want me back. I mean, I was a blasphemer. I was, I was bad, guys. I was really bad. I said, God, I don't even know why you want me back. But God, I hear you. And so, Lord, here's my life. And then I said something crazy. I said, and God, if you want me in, in ministry as a pastor or preacher, then I'll do that too. <laughs> that was just a, that was a throwaway prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm a senior at Cal State Fullerton. I'm being recruited by a big eight accounting firm. A Hispanic Latino firm of action was big back then. Come on, I'm going to have me a job. Are you hearing me? Because <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a nice house, 2.3 kids, live in Irvine, amen, and leave Pico Rivera because everybody needs Pico Rivera. They will stay there. You, you flee the city in Jesus' name, okay? God touches me. And I had this encounter, but I don't want to tell my mom and my dad when I get back home from this five-day trip, but my mom was prophetic in nature. I, I wouldn't even say she's a prophet. And uh, I remember I came home, and uh, she goes, how was, how was, how was the, uh, the, the, the camp? I said, awesome, great. That's it. 
They want to talk. I woke up on, on, on a Monday and I, and I just said, God, I, I, I'm not going to tell my parents anything. I know what I pray. I'm going to keep my vow. I'm going to, I'm going to get a good job and make lots of money and just support the church. But God, if, if you're going to, if it was really you, it was really you, just, then you got to tell my mom, my dad, I'm not going to tell them nothing. I'm saying, this ain't God. And we came home that night after leaving Council Forge and I came home after work. I came home and I, we were going to eat dinner. I said, Mom and Dad, I got to tell you something. And my mom said, Stop today at three o'clock in the afternoon. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I'm supposed to tell you the story before you tell me the story. And we were eating garnet salad. Come on, beans and rice. Tortillas. Come on, buddy. Ooh, Jesus, help me. That's real food. That Christmas stuff. Come on, give me some tortillas. Hallelujah! So my mom proceeded to tell me exactly what happened to me as, as if she watched a Blu-ray DVD video. I start crying, and my mom and dad laid their hands on me and said, We bless you, son. You want to drop out of Cal State Fortune, we bless you. You want to go to the ministry, then we'll bless that. And my whole world started changing. I'm sitting in a meeting, just giving you the, the, the context really quick. And, and, and I'm sitting in a meeting now at my same church. And I don't even know what the pastor preached. He just made an altar call. I don't know if it was for women, for men. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, it could have been, you, you're, you're barren, you need children. I just started running down to the front. I don't even know. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know. I was like, I ran down every altar call I was down there like everyone's looking like that guy's messed up he don't even know what he needs I just need Jesus and uh, and I'm sitting in, in a meeting in a church service and there's a, a minister that, that's there and, and I'm like oh he's one of them and all of a sudden I watch I kick back into my default role and all of a sudden I just started closing up and I saw this. I've seen this before. And I'm like, whatever. Okay, here we go. But he was different. And he sat there. And, and, and I was sitting there. And he starts to preach. And he was funny. He was relevant. Wow. Like, this is cool. And then he starts calling people out. And then I'm like, well, I don't know that guy. I don't, I don't know if that's true. And then he calls my friend out. Church language. He reads his mail. I'm like, dang. <laughs> Didn't really say that word. I said another word. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's crazy. Stand up. My friend stands up. He just get in the aisle. Stands in the aisle. This is on Sunday morning. I'm like, ooh. And he says, I don't need to touch you because God's going to touch you. That's all he said. There was no catcher that came behind the signal. You're supposed to fall. I know my friend. He ain't going to fall. And the power got hit my friend. And he's on the ground. And the place just, just lit up. I'm just, this is crazy. And I just bowed my head. I start crying. And, I'm, and I was in here, you, you. I was like, dear God, please not me. <laughs> Good looking guy. That's me. Here I am. Oh, just can't get the amen over there. What amen? Praise God. You know, we have this silent, whatever they were talking to Coopers, we need to work that out. Silent frustration. I don't think we have one 
I know we have many, thank you. Stop. I got the mic. We're going to counseling tomorrow. Watch. <laughs> he calls me out, long story short, he calls me out, says everything about me. I don't know the guy. He knows nothing about me. And I hear God say, I'm real. And then I, I got in the position, I dare you to bless me position. I, I, I went like this. Because <laughs> I don't know if this guy's coming for me or not. Is that too real for you? I'm like, come on, bro. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's go. And um, he said, let me just pray for you. And so I just said, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I ain't going down. I ain't going down. I don't need to go down to be touched by God. I don't need to go down. I need to go down. I don't need to go down. And I don't know what happened. But I'm looking up. I'm looking up. And God begins to speak to me. God begins to do a work in my life. This is the context of my life, and, uh, and I need to tell you that because I think some people are aware of my ministry and some people are not our ministry. Um, and uh, I want to give you a scripture and then just talk to you from the Bible, which is a good thing to talk to you from. <laughs> Can I hear an amen to that? And uh, I'm just going to read, if, if I can, out of 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter, we're going to begin uh, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, and it says this, he says, he says, Paul was speaking, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, come on, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, come on, but on the power of God. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he is, he is not demeaning or he's not in any way putting down the gift of preaching and we should hone our craft and we should get better come on at our preaching and we should study and have illustrations and and and, and we need to all become better can i hear an amen to that right i'm not saying that but what paul is saying is is that 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 you cannot just have your faith rest on the wisdom and the wittiness of men but that we must have a generation even in current in the corinthian church that it must rest on the power of God. And, and, and Chris alluded to it, and I didn't talk to Chris. I just had a round table with pastors two weeks ago, and I told them, I said, listen, listen to me, guys. I said these words, and Wendy was there. She was doing the round table with me with about how many, eight or nine couples. Uh, some, some of our great friends, uh, you may know Tim Timberlake and, and uh, Tavner was there, and Josiah Silva was there, other guys. And we're just having this round table. And I said this, I said, guys, I'm telling you, the era which we're in, we have too much, we have overloaded information and not enough revelation. That we need to have transformation that takes place, but that takes place in environments, right? So I'm talking to these guys because I just see that in America. And I would say to you this way, the more the culture looks like Rome, the more the church needs to look like Acts. Come on. The, the, the more the culture looks like Rome, yes. the more the church, come on, needs to look like Acts. Yes. And so I, I would just, I would submit to you, my friends, today, that the gospel is good news because it is God moving in the midst of men. The gospel is both proclamation, come on, and demonstration. Yes. I, I would submit to you that you would do a study of yourself, uh, uh, yourself and Look at the ministry of Jesus, who is our perfect example. Jesus is, as, my, as, as, as Bill Johnson, who is my friend, would say, is perfect theology. 
Jesus had a supernatural ministry. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Come on, for God was with the book of Acts. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do supernatural ministry. And I said this to the church. The same Holy Spirit in, 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 in book of Luke chapter 4, 18, the same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that's on your life. So, so when Jesus gets up and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Right? And, and he, has, he has sent me to set, to set uh, uh, captives free. And he goes to this list. That list is your list. That list is our list. That, that this is the ministry of Jesus. Is that we need to see, come on, more people captive set free. We need to see more people healed. Come on and delivered. We need a supernatural, right, move of God, but in a natural way. Jesus healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, released uh, people from bondage. 37 miracles of Jesus. I have a sheet right here, all in chrono- chronological order. And anytime Jesus did a miracle, it was basically Jesus saying, the kingdom of God has come near you. So when you see a miracle, is it it to build up our mailing list? Is it so I could write a book? It's that we care and we love people so much that we want you to encounter, come on, the same freedom that Jesus gave to me, I want to give to you. And so when you read the scriptures and we begin to study Even the book of Acts, signs and wonders occurred 14 times in the book of Acts in conjunction with preaching, which resulted in church growth. This is the book of Acts. You cannot read the book of Acts without seeing the supernatural naturally taking place in the early church. Signs and wonders resulted in church growth and grabbing the attention of the city and the people that were around them. But the issue is, is that now we see the book of Acts and we see the ministry of Jesus. And, and I'm just going to submit to you for your consideration that our churches need to become a little bit more, come on, like we read about in the Bible. Yes. I have four systems and structure. We have those. I, I, I continually am learning from the best in art. I, sometimes when I'm at the art lead team meetings, I, I'm going, what am I doing here? But I know I'm supposed to be here because... We, I need to be around, come on, people that are a little bit further ahead of me. Yeah. I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. Yeah. And so I, I know that we're learning, but, but there's something in me that says that, God, there's got to be a realm. There's got to be a place where people can, go, can come to and experience because Chris said it today, or, or somebody said it today, uh, yeah, Chris said it today, that God has put us pre-wired, hardwired people to, to, to want to touch God and to know God. And by the very definition of God, God, by his very definition, is supernatural. And what we try and do is we're trying to bring God down to our level instead of letting God bring us up to his level. And I know it doesn't make sense. Listen, I'm well aware because I pastor in Las Vegas. I'm not in the Bible Belt. Okay, I, I, I get it. I understand. Well, what about unchurched people? I get it. But I'm here to tell you that God, by his Holy Spirit, has a way of touching unchurched people. And here's what I'm going to submit to us, that most of us have baggage that other people don't have. A lot of you have been exposed to stuff, and let's be honest, you're afraid. Yeah, I tried this section over here. You're afraid. But instead of saying, I don't want any of that, maybe you got exposed so that you can learn 
how to release the supernatural in a natural way. Just, just maybe we have endured some stuff so we can communicate to culture there's a God who's real. There's a God who's supernatural. There's a God who knows things about you and I'm going to unleash a gift of prophecy on you. And you're going to say, my God, how did you know that? And when and my wife would tell you, people look at me and say, you're a psychic. I said, I'm not a psychic, I'm a Mexican. <laughs> and they laugh like that because laughter opens up the soul. Now, it's a sad day in culture when the first thing they say is psychic, not prophet. Because listen, look at where the, where, where the church leaves the gap, the enemy will fill it. Yes. Believe me when I say this, new age, mysticism, and all that stuff is flooding the American culture. And listen, they could rename it, reshape it, relabel it, remarket it, but it's all the same stuff. I was uh, getting ready to preach in a... Uh, in the church and here in Southern California. I help, uh, I'm one of the overseers at the church and it's a very fluent area of Southern California. And uh, so I'm just ironing my clothes and getting ready in the morning. And typically I would listen to worship, Bethel, Jesus culture, Hillsong, whatever. And all of a sudden I just, I just a thought came. I think it was God. Turn on TV. I'm like, ooh, okay. I'm by myself. Okay, okay. Well, nobody's going to judge me. So I turn on TV and the Kardashian show is on. Now, this is how, I don't know if Joel Osteen or how you prepare, but I'm usually not watching the Kardashian show as I get ready to preach. <laughs> Craziest randomest thing, right? And I'm just ironing my clothes, and, it, and, and it, this, this episode was about the Kardashians. Kimmy, come on. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could call him Kimmy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and the sisters. And they were longing for something more than the natural. In this episode, on probably the most watched, right, reality TV show, they bring in a shaman who comes in and they think we're weird. And they come in, she comes into to their home and she starts doing the smoke and the feathers and she starts doing all this kind of stuff. And they think we're weird. Right. Wow. Right. So true. And then this lady says, he's here. Just the way she said it, I'm like, where? Where is he? He's here. <laughs> and then she says, he wants me to ask you a question. And she asks a question to the, this Kardashian girls. And they start crying. They go, oh my God, nobody else would know that. How would you know that? And as I was ironing my clothes, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, they're open. They're open. I said, okay, God, I'm going to go for it today. Right. So I talked to the pastor. The pastor says, hey, just go for it. And I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah, go for it. That, that meeting was a phenomenal meeting as people got saved. And then naturally, supernatural began to happen. Literally, I know the number one uh, Rolls Royce salesperson in the world is sitting on the front row. Never been exposed to any of this kind of stuff. After, after the ultra long stuff, I started praying for her. I started giving her a word, right? Prophecy, words of knowledge. I said, oh my God. And then I said, can I just pray for you? And I, did, I, I don't do this. Now, if this is your style, I don't want, please don't get mad at me. But I don't, I'm not going to tattoo my palm on your head. In fact, I'm just telling you, 
When it says lay hands, I think culture's okay with, hey, can I pray for you? Shake my hand. That's, that's how most of the time I pray for people. Because that's universal. Now, there'll be times, you know, the church of our lightly to just put this on the shoulder. So I start to pray for her. The power of God hits this lady, and she's out on the ground. Right? I don't even have no clue who she is, but the pastor knows everything. And I'm like, wow. She has a vision, but she's on the ground. And God begins to speak to her. She gets so touched. After the end of the meeting, she goes, I want you to come to my place of employment. And I go, I don't know where that's at. She told me, the Rolls Royce dealership, it's in the valley. And I'm like, all right, but pastor, you need to come with me because I'm not going to show up by myself over there. And I, I walk in. I've never seen some of those Rolls Royces, all these like high-end cars, Bentleys and everything. I walk into the dealership, and then he goes, oh, my God, you came. And then she, she yells to the guy, that's the guy. That's the guy that told me everything. He was the number one Bentley dealer in the world. And I'm like, um, and so I, I, I think he's like, you have a word for me? Give me a Bentley at 50% off. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that slow right there. Then he gets to agreement. And I tell you this because I learned this is the world is longing for real, authentic power coming from real people that know there's real problems in life, but there's a God in heaven who really cares about people that wants to release the power of God. So, let me just help us, and then I'm rushing, but I want to just leave just a little bit of time. I learned this from a guy that some of you don't even know. His name is John Wimber. Okay? I've been around a long time. John Wimber in his book called Power Evangelism, still a great read, an old classic. It's out of print, but you should find it because it's incredible. Okay? And he talks about the excluded middle, which he got because he taught a fuller theological seminary from a fuller theological professor who taught about the excluded middle. So watch this. In, in, in the West, we have the Western culture, which is very empirical. It's got data. It's got this. But then you have the Eastern culture, which was really mystical and spiritual. And, and, and what we do is we've excluded so much that we have the excluded middle, where, where it is a realm, come on, where the natural and the supernatural both intersect. That, that it is a realm that you can live in. It's a realm that is all around you. It's a realm that God is longing to break out wherever you go. Not just in your church services, come on, but wherever you go, right? And so there, and I live for the excluded middle, but it's hard to live in the tension. Because what we like to do is we like the safety of, I want to be this way or that way. But could we raise up a new generation that is going to be okay with the tension? And Holy Spirit, I, I, I know I planned it out. I know I've done everything. But Holy Spirit, you want to hijack something and you want to do an audible, audible, Omaha, 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 then I will call an audible even on the Sunday morning experience. Because, because God, listen, I'm not saying we just kind of throw everything out. I'm just saying that, that we've got to be open. If you're a church planner, be open. Give some time. I get to give some practical stuff here. But I long for this. I long for all of us to experience more of the supernatural presence of God. And it may be different than what you experience or what you've known. But I, I, I'm like, God, am I the only one that's kind of just, are you speaking to me? And then my friend Carl Lentz speaks at Boo Conference. Look at his message. You know what he spoke on? The Holy Spirit. And he says, I feel convicted that I don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit 
at my church. And he is the forgotten one of the Trinity. Great message. I texted Carl. I said, Carl, brilliant message. Love the message. It was phenomenal. And in there, he tells a story. Now, here's cool Carl. Rip muscles, tats. I mean, how he invited a friend that he'd been working on to come to his church. And he said, okay, God, I just, you know, Lord, I just pray that the, you know, you watch Carl, he goes like that. And, you know, God, I, I, I pray that the, the pastor would be good and the worship would be okay and it would be great and the sound would work and there'd be no weird people. And he said, I finally got my friend to the meeting that Sunday morning and it was an old prophet of God that was there. And he started calling people out. Reading the mail. And I go, not this week. And if you read, the, if you see the message, you see how his friend gets called out. He didn't believe in all this kind of stuff. Gets prophesied over. Next thing you know, his friend's on the ground looking up at the ceiling. Wow. We have to be careful that we don't judge somebody else's encounter. Yeah. Because you got abused and I got pushed down. I'm with you, man. I got pushed down more than, than was authentic. 100%. Slip the leg behind, trip me, boom, down, get it. But what I've learned is just because I have had some bad experiences, I can't superimpose that over everybody else's experiences. And so I'm, I'm rushing through this, but, but throughout church history, signs and wonders were a, modern, were a normal part of the church. When you read the book of Acts, it was a normal part of the church. When you look at Corinthians, it was a normal part of the church. And so what we have done is we go either or instead of both and. I would appeal to you that we would somehow be able to build a both-and church. Okay, so let's give some practical application. Because they always want practical application. Okay, so, so if I have practical application, what should I start doing? I, I would submit to you just a few things. Number one, read again the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Do your own study and look at how many times, watch, the supernatural was evident and present, number one. Number two, Look at the results of what happened, and I would, I would have you conclude that there was sometimes supernatural church growth that took place. So read, again, the Gospels and Acts. Number, number two, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your heart and mind to the kingdom again. There's a supernatural kingdom at work right now. That kingdom is waiting to be released through you and to others. So ask the Holy Spirit, because Jesus said, I have to go because I'm sending the one like me, the Holy Spirit. So again, read again the Gospels and Acts. I begin to read the Gospel, I read the Bible again and differently, and I begin to look and take time, and I begin to do my own study again. Ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate your heart and mind to the kingdom. Number three, create space in your weekend experiences. Just give you a practical thing here. Don't be so tightly scheduled that you have no room. Come on, for the Holy Spirit to do an audible. Have some time at the end of worship. Have some time at the end of the message. We, Wendy will tell you, and I, we have our order of experience. And I can tell you, we, we worship for 17 minutes. Then we have an exhortation transition. Then we greet the guests. I mean, I could go through it all minute by minute by minute. And then we have a reprise before I get up or she gets up or one of our preaching team gets up to preach. We have a reprise. Uh, I, I, and, and we have 35 minutes, five minutes response. Okay. 
So we have it all lined out, but what we have do, what we do is we create space so that when the Holy Spirit, we feel like he wants to do something different or unusual, come on, we have created some space for that. We used to, people make fun of the Catholics for having their mass. We all have masses. You just don't say our father who art in heaven. You don't pray the same prayers, but we all have a mass. And culture is longing for somebody to break out of the norm. Talking about just culture. Uh, Number four, do special nights. We have encounter nights. So you have first Wednesdays of every month. Have special prayer meetings, but create some special nights. A lot of the Arc Lee team guys have first Wednesdays. Extended worship. Presence of God. Time for God to to move. I, 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 I would advocate that. The next thing I would say is do staff meetings where you teach and then pray and and help your staff begin to move in what we're talking about. Start it with your staff. Have some conversations with your staff, with your team. Another thing is change your language. People don't understand. It's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They don't know that. In fact, I mean, have you been covered with the blood? Don't say stuff like that. I think some of us do a disservice because we're not communicating to culture in terms they understand. Culture understands supernatural. Netflix understands stranger things. Look at some of the, 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 the series that are taking off right now. It's a bent towards the supernatural because it's a setup from God. God is wetting the appetite of culture again to say, let me show you the real supernatural. I'm going to just end with a couple of stories and I probably just rambled too much. Is this helping somebody a little bit? I'm just trying to help. Um, This past weekend, we 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 had a decent Saturday night Five o'clock, Saturday nights sometimes are just like, we're just going to endure them, you know, for our church. And uh, 8.20 is, is really good, typically. But then I just, I was just, we started a new series. I'm like, you know, God, I, just, I was just praying in my office. And I'm like, God. And at 10 o'clock, I'm just like, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, change it up. And we did. And then, and then just, it's not planned. It just broke out. It just broke out. And uh, I just put my, I put my notes down and said, God's, and the, I mean, the whole atmosphere shifted. And people rushed the altars. And we were laying hands on people. I said, don't stop, worship team. Those of you who have to leave, you could, you could exit. Places jam-packed. They leave, and the people in the lobby are looking at like, what is going on in there? They just came in, and we just continued. We didn't go back to normal worship experience. We worship, and I got up and I preached. I cut out everything else. And then at the end, we have a prayer team. We're laying hands. People are getting healed. Words of knowledge are flowing. It's absolutely crazy. I call a lady out. And she comes up. God miraculously touches her. I said, how long have you been coming to church, LV? She goes, this is my my first time. (laughs) So you know what? I go, this is God. I brought her up on the platform. She was nervous. Why? Because her hands were sweating. I said, okay, let's just talk real. What was happening to you? This is my problem. 
Where is it now? It's gone. So, so explain to us what you felt. She didn't use any Christian terms. I felt this presence come on me that lifted another presence off of me. Okay, this is just, I'm just telling you her language. Okay? And, and she just starts talking. I'm just looking at everybody. Place is packed. Just looking at everybody. And, she, and, and she's just talking. Just talking. Just talking. Just, just talking. So if people say, you can't do this, I, I, would, I, would, I would beg to differ. Yeah. Now, is that happening every weekend? No. But we're more open to it than ever before. Yeah. I'm preaching not too far from here in San Diego, California. Great church. I'm preaching. And um, I pray, and, and the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give you some things to, I said, okay, God, thank you. And this happens lately, and then I'm going to pray. I said, hey, there's somebody here. I, I was just preaching on point, and I said, hey, I got to stop. There's somebody here at 1.11 a.m. last night. 1.11 a.m. last night. Okay? And I just said, something dramatic happened to you at 1.11 a.m. I see you with your phone. I see you getting a message. Okay? No, you moving. Nobody say nothing. And a lady raised her hand in the very back of this auditorium. I said, can you stand up? And this is, this is probably 60 seconds total time. Maybe, maybe two minutes at the most. And I just gave her a generic word. God loves you. He really cares for you. And your life is worth living. Something like that, right? And people are like, that's so generic. How can I be God? You know, just, and I just, she sits down, right? I No, no, no. And I said, stand up. She stands up. I pray for her. Power of God touches her. And she falls into her seat. Okay, and I just go, we pray, altar call, people get saved, it's all cool. So I go back to the green room, and, and the pastor, the campus pastor comes up to me, he goes, oh my God, Randy, oh my God. I thought, what's up? You know that lady you called out? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, you know what she got saved? I said, isn't that awesome? He says, you don't even know, you don't even know the story. She's asking if she could talk with you, because last night at 1.11 a.m., she was driving, she had driven out of San Diego, she had transferred all her funds into the proper accounts, had written the right notes, and she was about to kill herself. Wow. Look how powerful God is. Wow. Not me, how powerful God is. Yeah. At 1.11 a.m., she got a text message from a friend. She said, I don't know where you are, I don't know what you're doing, but, but you need to come to church tomorrow at 11 o'clock. I'm going to pick you up if I have to. This true story. I'm not picking this up. And, 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 and so, so this lady that showed up, 111 a.m. is 111. That's three ones. Plus 11 a.m. That's two more ones. Five is the number of grace. So God was reaching out to her in grace. She said, I never believed in God. I never believed in that stuff. Saw stuff on TV, but I never believed in that until that guy called at 1.11 a.m. and told me what he told me. And I felt something shift in my life. And she's crying and she's weeping. The guy calls me back or texts me back three weeks later. That lady comes back to church with her boyfriend. The boyfriend gets saved. And then she, she comes back the following week and she starts filling up a row with people because she says, I want you to come to a place that God touched my life. Come on, we've got to big hand clap right now because this is what God wants to do with you. It's not it's just. And it wasn't like, don't say the Lord. I said, hey, there's somebody here at 1 11 a.m. I don't know if it makes sense or not. I just say stuff. I don't know if it makes sense or not. It might be way out there. I just throw it out there in the atmosphere because people are thinking that anyway. 
Just tell them what they're thinking. So, Church LV, where I would, I don't want to use the term revival because I've been in one, and I don't know if we're there, but we are in a move of God right now. And God has given us a second campus because we're out of room in the first one, and it didn't, it didn't take place overnight. It didn't happen overnight. And when our church goes to the next level and it grows and maybe I'll report my numbers to Outreach Magazine, I'll be the fastest growing church in America. What's your secret? We just opened up a building. It's not a big deal. Same preaching, same worship. But part of me is a ton this to Wendy. Man, I just, I don't want to do American church. We preach about a God who does miracles. Amen. Then why don't we start demonstrating some miracles? And just maybe he wants to do that in your experience. Yeah, that's great. You say, Pastor, it's happening in our church. Also, then I pray that it happens even greater. Yeah. That it starts with you yeah. having an expectation and a hunger God to do something out of the ordinary. I just don't want to do just church. Imagine, for real, somebody that's been in in a wheelchair for 20 years comes to your church and they literally jump out of that wheelchair. It's part of the gospel. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing healings. A guy stage four cancer. Doctor said you're going to die. Confirmed. 100% healed by the power of Jesus Christ. Tell him the story. Tell him the story. So I have five minutes. Oh, good. We don't need music because he's here. No height. No light. Come on. Just close your eyes just for a second. Holy Spirit, we honor you. You're the Spirit of Jesus. And Lord, I know there's some people like me that have experienced and had stuff happen that God maybe turned them off and God, my heart is for them. Maybe they're still on a journey, Jesus, and I thank you, God, that you're the God that is so patient with us. Just so patient with us. Just open your eyes for a second. Recognize the lady with the glasses on your head. Can you stand for me, please? You can put your stuff on your seat. We don't need a catcher, you're good. (laughs) Put your hands on your heart for me, please. Just close your eyes. Jesus just is so good to you and He's a master surgeon. He takes out what needs to be taken out and he heals what needs to be healed. And I just got just a, just a simple word for you. He's making all things new. Even taking away some memories, some stuff. That's just how we're just all things new in about three seconds. The power of God is going to touch your life and you can just sense him just all over you. Ready? One, two, three. Boom. In Jesus' name right through you. Into corazón, in your heart, in your mind, in your emotions. Thank you. There's a lady with the long hair swaying back and forth in the blue. Yeah, just raise your hands back there. Both hands towards heaven. Look at me. 
There's longing and desire in your heart. There's this intense passion that you have. And what you don't know is there's, there's, a, there's a grace on your hands. There's an anointing on your hands. Listen to me. I see you talking to broken women. I see you talking over coffee with people. And you're going to start even giving even greater words to people at Starbucks at other places. And you say, my God, how did you know that? And you're going to give glory to Jesus. You're a healer. You're called to heal. You're not weird. You're not strange. In fact, you've had visitations. And sometimes you, 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 what, what's happening with you is, who do I talk to about this? Who can I, who can I put to? Because people don't understand. And God says, I understand. And God, God says, you're okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So just close your eyes. Just thank you, Jesus, that you're just touching her right now. Thank you, God, for your grace that's on her right now. Thank you, that's happening right now. I want to pray for pastors and leaders of churches. You say, you know what, Benny, I just I, I would be open more to God. Not God's not gonna wreck your church. By the way, it's not yours, it's his anyway. So would you allow God maybe to do something that, that would be different for you? Because this this is the crazy this okay, God, as long as as long as it's not, you know, because the first time guests, maybe God wants to do something different because the first time guests need to see something different. Maybe they need to walk into something that's supernatural and not just natural. Because the Kardashians are going after shamans. We need to be a church that says, we're going to give you the real thing. And, 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 and I'm not saying it has to be every, every Sunday morning, but man, some of you need to start a first Wednesday. Some of you, well, Pastor, I'm not really, I'm not really I don't really know how, how to do this. Then invite somebody in who's prophetic, who moves in supernatural, that understands local church, that's not going to blow your church out of the water, but help bring them along. Are you hearing me? So, so I want to pray for some pastors and leaders. If that's you, can you just stand all over this place? Say, man, I'm open. I'm hungry for more of this. I don't know how it's all going to navigate, but I'm hungry for it. Hungry for it. Hungry for this. Come on, dear lady in the bed. You know, he's calling you. We can't just do church as normal. God, go through the... Listen, I'm an art guy through and through. We have the classes, and, and man, I, I love that all. But we need places of transformation yeah. where people encounter Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Just lift your hands to this place. And Lord, the last minute we have, I pray a simple prayer. God, invade our space. Yes. Yes. Invade our personal lives. Yes. Lord, we don't want to just do what we've always done to see what we've always seen. I know, Lord God, you brought everybody in here because they just are longing for the real thing. Yes. God, longing, Lord, will you touch me again? Will you, will you move in our church again? That people can encounter you. That's our prayer, God. That no name would be exalted, but the name of Jesus would be exalted. Lord, I pray this. In Jesus' name. Are you guys a couple really quick? Can you come really quick? And then I'll turn it over to, to my brother really quick. Can you see how you guys come right now? Can you guys marry? Yes. Okay. Can you stretch your hands out towards them just for a second? Jesus, I thank you for her. I speak healing over your body. I speak healing 
and Jesus would touch you right here, right now. Total and complete right now. I pray for you right now. I thank you for the church. I thank you for the leadership. I thank you, oh Lord God, that Lord, you have them in the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus. Sir, I don't know you, but I just have a good word for you. That God's going to begin to give you prophetic words clearer than ever. God's going to give you, are you a pastor of a church? And, and also you get a sense, and, and I call 30-second drive-bys when I'm preaching. I'll just, I'll say, hey, there's somebody in here, blah, 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 blah. And you just throw a prayer up there. Come on, if they can do drive-bys in your city and be effective, you can, you can do it in church and be effective. You don't have to stop the car, get out, pop, pop, pop. Just keep driving by. So I pray that you give them drive-bys, words, encouragement, God. Lord, we want a supernatural church again. And God is your church. So break out, Holy Ghost. Break out, messes up. Messes up. And Lord, give us church growth, Lord God, as a result of something that you could only do. And we pray this in the nombre de Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations, and to register for an upcoming Art Conference, visit artconference.com.